On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, we visit with one of the most prevalent women in baseball behind the scenes in Alberta and internationally. Sherry Reiniger joins us. Welcome to episode 60 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. Before we get started, just wanted to wish you all a belated happy Thanksgiving. We're so incredibly humbled by all of the support we've received, whether it's on our website, on our social media platforms, or here on the podcast. We seriously couldn't do it without all of you, so thank you so much for spreading the word. We also want to thank our sponsors, the Oaktokes Dogs, Dogs Academy, Western Canadian Baseball League, Sparrow Outfitters, and the Vauxhall Academy of Baseball, as well as all of our partners for their incredible support. Thank you, and again, we hope you had an amazing Thanksgiving. Now on to this week's podcast. Sherry Reiniger might not be a name you hear often, but she is certainly well-known for all of her work in organizing some of baseball's biggest productions. Anytime Baseball Canada names officials for major events, the Edmonton native is front and center. She served as technical commissioner for the U18 Baseball World Cup and was a coach for the 29th Annual World Children's Baseball Fair in Japan this summer. She also keeps busy as a performance and learning consultant. And coming up on November 2nd, she'll be heading to Mexico as the technical commissioner for the World Baseball Softball Confederation's Premier 12 Pool A. Before she hit the road, we thought we'd chat with her about her journey in the sport and how she came to Alberta in the first place. Sherry, welcome and thanks for joining us. Oh, I really appreciate being asked, Joe. It's amazing to look at your resume and to see how far you've traveled and what all you've kind of been able to do in the world of baseball. Let's go back to the very beginning, though, and how you got involved in baseball in the first place. Why is it that this has been the sport of passion for you? Well, you know, it's interesting. Growing up in a small town in California, uh, we had an American Legion baseball team. And I remember being a young girl going with my dad to watch his buddy's son play shortstop for that team. And that kid ended up going on to play AAA baseball and just knew he was a special, special player and always loved, loved watching baseball or, you know, whether it was uh, watching on, on TV, became a Braves fan in California growing up with TBS coming in or even just, you know, sitting in my, my best friend's driveway, listening to a, to uh, Vince Scully call a Dodgers game. So just always been a baseball fan and then uh, happened to, to meet a uh, Alberta baseball college, college baseball player when I was playing college basketball in uh, California. And I guess that's, that's where it started. You know, then we came to, came to up to Canada, got married on, on Legion diamond at home plate, uh, the field that my, my husband's father built and kind of started from there. Unreal. An Atlanta Braves fan, so he must be watching the Canadian kid Mike Soroka pretty closely. Oh, man, that was quite an impressive performance by Mike Soroka. Yeah, I had a chance to meet with him and uh, and work with him and at the PBF Redbirds in their academy quite a few years ago. And when he was he was just 14, but even then he was just a, a nice kid, respectful, wanting to learn 
And the coaches at that point had nothing but great things to say about him. So great to see him perform on the biggest stage. Mm, absolutely. Let's go back to your career here. And, and obviously being so heavily involved in baseball, when did it occur to you, I guess, that this was going to be the career path of choice for you? Well, I'm not, I, you know, it'd be nice if I could make it a full, full-time full <laughs> career, but boy, it's been a, I'm the only one left in the house working in the game. And, uh, you know, it just happened. I don't know if it happens by chance or, you know, one thing, one thing seems to lead to another, but, uh, you know, I, I got involved with baseball, you know, my husband and I actually, when we first moved to Sherwood Park, our son was young and we decided we should coach a house league, house league baseball team, just a community team first year we moved in here and uh you know and then he got he got seconded to to coach with one of the peewee AAA teams that year so you know kind of started from there working with the board running committees you know for shore park minor baseball then got involved with baseball alberta coaching the the girls uh provincial u13 provincial team running that program for a couple of years so you know it's just one thing kind of led to another kept taking on some new initiative that was out there that needed needed somebody to take a lead or or get involved and do some hard work on and it's it's turned into now traveling the globe you know helping to run world cups and world cup championships and uh, now this year getting to actually go and and work the premier 12 Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask about this year in particular. I mean, you were the technical commissioner for that Premier 12. You're technical commissioner as well for the U18 Baseball World Cup in South Korea. I mean, you've been able to travel the world so far to this point. What's it been like from your standpoint to be able to do all this traveling and to watch uh, some pretty great baseball too? Uh, wow. You know, just what what an incredible opportunity um, to be able to see baseball around the world and see it grow. Uh, you know, from my very first World Cup, which was here in Edmonton, actually, the Women's Baseball World Cup, the, the inaugural event for, for the women's event was hosted here in 2004. And I was very fortunate to be um, put forward as the first female, you know, first woman uh, technical commissioner at that event, and which has since grown. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's pretty incredible to see both the women's game grow, but also, you know, seeing uh working the U15 in Mazatlan in 2014, seeing some of those 15-year-olds right before they, international kids, right before they sign, you know, their international contracts, and now seeing some of them start to actually come up into the into the big leagues as well. So it's it's pretty incredible. Um, I kind of have to pinch myself every time, every time I get an assignment and, uh, you know, get to travel. I love to travel and I love baseball and so, you know, it kind of kind of puts a couple of my favorite things, pastimes to do together. And uh, I'm fortunate to get these opportunities for sure. Have you ever said no to anything? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I, say no? <laughs> I try not to say no, you know. Um, you know, this year was also unique because I end up with the third event. Uh, I end up coaching at the World Children's Baseball Fair was asked to do that as well and actually got that assignment last Christmas and then was asked to do two two additional assignments this year, which, you know, is a fair amount of travel. So I think I was I was away more um, than I was home this summer. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate to have, you know, a husband that, that uh, you know, supports, supports me being involved and, 
And to get these opportunities to work with great coaches and baseball leaders from all over the world. And even, you know, this year at, at, in Korea, we had quite a bit of rain. And, you know, so kind of go back to my roots, taking care of taking care of the grounds, jumped in to help the grounds crew just, just so we could get games going on time and ended up, you know, repairing a wet bullpen with Graham Lloyd, right, from oh, Australia. Yeah, I mean, you know, classy guy and just, you know, willing to jump in. Hey, Sherry, I'll come out with you and let's get this done, right? So, you know, it's just to have a great team to work with and always great people on the ground. Um, You know, a lot of times we we always joke that, you know, we do this every year, but a lot of these host sites, it's the first time they've hosted a World Cup event. Um, So a lot of times they're learning, right? Mm -hmm. As you know, it's something that we do over and over again, but it's, but it's their first time. So it's always uh, a lot of teamwork to, to make it happen, but great people on and off the field really to work with. And I think that's the greatest thing about this game is it's a great, it's a great game and it really brings character people together onto a field, no matter where you are in the world. Has anything taken you by surprise in all of your journey? Um, well, I guess I had, I can probably say, honestly say, and I hope I'll be the only one to ever have to manage an on-field incident where we actually had a player take a bullet on the field in Venezuela. Oh, jeepers. Um, so, yeah, I was running, you know, we were on the field that Hugo Chavez played on and, and hosting. It was the first time Venezuela had been in a World Cup for women. Um, and they were hosting, um, and it ended up being a stray bullet, but we, you know, at the time we didn't know. And, so I guess the shock was, yeah, getting called out by, you know, I had a Venezuelan professional crew, umpire crew that game. Um, and they looked at me with a shocked face as this girl goes down. I'm like, what the heck happened? And I get out on the field and, you know, she was shot. Well, what do you mean? She, you know, mm. how, how do you go with that one? Right. So it's, it's like, you know, you don't prepare yourself for anything like that ever, ever happening. Um, that, that was just a crazy incident that ended up being, you know, just like I say, something that was stray that came in and happened to get her thankfully just in the cast and, you know, and she's, she was actually playing at last year's women's world cup. So she's still playing the game. So it didn't hurt, you know, it injured her just in her muscle and didn't go through anything, you know, that was going to create long-term impact. But yeah, I would say that that was a, a pretty good shock. But again, it's it's one of those things where things happen. You know, this year we had a typhoon coming at us, and you don't know if it's going to hit you or not. Or so you just do your best to prepare, and and then when things happen, you've just got to respond. You know, and you pull people together and and get things done. And I think it it brings can can usually usually brings out the best in people when when something does happen that you know, you realize you can all jump in and kind of get things done together and, and continue to move ahead. And, and that event actually within, we, we closed down both stadiums and, but, and moved the tournament out of Caracas uh, to Maracaibo to the second, to our second site. And we were playing baseball 36 hours later, moved five teams and all the officials and, and we, we still played baseball. And then, you know, the great impact of that, was that we then had 20,000 people every night cheering for women's baseball in that, in that stadium Americaibo where the Los Tigres play. So, you know, it, it, was, it was an unfortunate incident, but turned out to have a pretty happy ending and that it really brought some, uh, some great enthusiasm for the game on the women's side. So on the flip side of some of the, the bad things you've gone through, any personal highlights that, uh, that stick out in your mind over your years of, of covering different events as technical director and many other roles that you've played? Yeah, you know, I mean, 
being being able to take on the role of technical director last year at the Women's Baseball World Cup was was certainly a highlight, and um, you know being able to work with a great team. Um, you know, one of my favorite events, all-time events, was that U15 event in, in Mazatlan, and uh, working with a great team, great team there. And and like I say, seeing some of these kids. I mean, two of the kids from Cuba you know, defected the next year and signed for, you know, multi-million dollars, right, contracts, mm. as did the catcher from Panama. So, you know, seeing those kinds of players and and then working the gold medal game at the U18, you know, this year, but also two years ago in, uh, in Thunder Bay, where our technical um, spot was actually right off the field. We were right behind the first baseman. So, you know, getting to see Bryce Terang and, you know, those kids play – at the highest level, and so many of those kids got drafted in high rounds and are doing well in in uh, the minor leagues, you know, already. So, you know, it's pretty special, you know, to be able to do that. And for me, I was a middle infielder, and uh, you know, getting to work with someone like Andy Stankovich, mm-hmm. who was the you know the manager for Team USA and two years ago was was pretty cool. And Jack Leggett this year, you know, I mean, he's a He's a hero of you know college of college coaching, so mm-hmm. with his twenty years at at Clemson, so pretty pretty cool to be able to do that. And got to tell you, I'm looking forward to working with you know the likes of uh, Joe Girardi in uh, Guadalajara in uh, November. So that is definitely something to be looking forward to. When you look back, any personalities, players, coaches, administration, whoever that really stand out above the rest for you. Uh, you know what? You know the the kid that and I, and I got to see him twice. I was really fortunate. The and I just mentioned him as Bryce Terang from the U.S. Um, and and because he's an unassuming kid, unassuming player. Um, you know, I he played at the U15 in in Mazalon in 2014, and then was still young enough um, because he hadn't graduated from high school. He was a late kind of a, a late in the year birthday, um, so he was still at at the U18. And, you know, I, I, he was at that point touted as potentially going to be a number one draft pick and then didn't end, end up being that. But he's just one of those kids that you can see he's, he's got that special approach. You know, he's mm-hmm. quiet about what he does, uh, humble about what he does, but his skills and his work ethic are from, you know, watching him, getting to see him at 15 and then at 18 are, are second to none. So that's, that's definitely one. You know, I know with some of these kids now, just wait another five years, ask me that question. I'm probably <laughs> going to have a few more. I mean, this year, we, we, you know, we got to see a couple of really strong kids throw for Japan. One through, you know, um, unfortunately, Sasaki had a blister, so we didn't get to see him throw 101. Uh, he ended up only throwing one inning and was 94 and didn't have his command because, because of the blister. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there, there's always a, a kid or two like that that come out of that U18 event are, and are going to be superstars, right? So mm-hmm. I, I know the other guys that I've worked with, you know, over the years that have worked that event and previous years have seen the Otanis. And, you know, I mean, some of the guys that are now playing, you know, Major yeah. League Baseball, you know, in World Series, right, came out of that program. So out of these programs. So it's, it's a great, especially that U18, you're really seeing the best kids in the world right before they get drafted. So. Mm-hmm. You know, and some kids that already that already have their professional contracts in place, right? So, um, look forward to following them. You know, and just seeing how well how well they actually do.
What would you say about the Canadian game nowadays? You know, Canada is always competitive. And, you know, um, I, I, I sat on the long-term athlete development committee um, with Baseball Canada when we first developed the initial LTAD policy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right from then, we, we had determined, you know, sports science doesn't really support a national team at the U15 or below. So, you know, we'll probably never see, and, and I get asked, you know, why don't we have a you know, Canadian team here in Mexico at the U15? Well, because it really doesn't fit our LTAD policy. And quite frankly, our kids aren't getting drafted at 16. So and there's also always a, that, that other piece that's called money. Mm-hmm. I, I think Baseball Canada has really um, invested their money well uh, into the U18 program. Um, the kids are are strong athletes. We've got you know Canadian kids are are very well recognized as as being good pitchers and good hitters. So you know when Japan threw 18 strikeouts at them, you know shut them down 18 times in that game um, in Korea, it was that was quite a feat. Um, one of the scouts that I talked to, he said it was the best pitching performance he's ever seen at that level, especially against a good hitting team. So, you know, the Canadian kids are, are strong. They're good athletes. And the one thing I can say is the thing that's let them down at the last two that I've seen has been their defense. They just, you know, they, whether they don't play well as a team, um, you know, maybe their approach is um, they, don't, they don't play, tournament, you know, tournaments or meaningful games, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they play the pro guys, right, mostly together. And so it's maybe a little, little bit different maybe they could get some better results but i mean they're still one of the top teams in the world you know i mean and canada you know wouldn't have i mean i grew up in california which is the basically the population of canada mm-hmm. but we have way more baseball players right like baseball is a huge sport so for the number of kids per capita playing uh canada is is really a leader and become a leader in you know in the world and so that's that's pretty cool to see, and it's you know, hopefully it's good to some due to some great coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these guys that come back and give back, right? Like yeah. um, seeing Mike Zeroka hit hit the mound yesterday. Well, you know that maybe doesn't happen without you know Jim, Jim Lawson out of Calgary and and you know and Chris Rietzma coming back when he retired from the Braves and coming back and giving back. Right mm-hmm. to to those kids and getting those those kids ready and giving and not overdeveloping or I'm a huge proponent of of LTAB principles, you know, making sure they're ready without you know over over training. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know we've got some pretty pretty good um, resources in Canada and the academy programs. You know, our son was fortunate to play for for Les McTavish the first year the Vauxhall. Um, existed the academy there, and you know what a great what a great program. Um, not every kid needs to move away and go go to an academy program, but um, you know there's just a lot of really good opportunities for kids to develop in Canada now. Absolutely. Final question for you: What's been the most gratifying part of being involved in this sport and doing all that you've done thus far? Wow, you know, uh, and. I'm not much of a women, a women's movement platform person, mm-hmm. but I, but one of the things that does make me proud is that I can be a woman who grew up playing fastball. You know, I didn't get the chance to play baseball. That just wasn't an option when I grew up and being 
given the opportunity to earn, earn respect on the field around the world and build relationships. And, and to me, the, the greatest gratifying piece of the work that I do is the relationships that I build both you know, on and off the field in the game. Um, just some incredible, you know, I have friends all over the world that, that I hold in the highest esteem in the game of baseball. And uh, so very fortunate to be able to, you know, be on the same field with, with those kinds of people, you know, with the Jim Babas of the world who, you know, has done an outstanding job leading the, the tournament commission at the World Baseball Softball Confederation on the baseball side. So, you know, Canada is very well represented. Um, so that's, that's another pride point, pride point as well is, like I say, I'm a California girl, but been here more years than I, than I lived in California. So uh, very happy to represent the Maple Leaf. And it is definitely a pleasure having you representing not only our country, but also our province on the international stage through the various roles you have. Sherry, thanks so much again for joining us in the podcast and giving us some insight into what you do in all your travels. Thanks so much, Joe. Really appreciate it. Thanks again to Sherry for joining us in the podcast and a big thanks again to all of you for downloading and listening. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review if you're able. We'll see you next time here on Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast.